Welcome, guys, to Self-Evident Podcast what number 35. We are at 35. 35, y'all. 35. Dude, and it's been a couple weeks, actually, since we released a podcast. Due to the fact that you were gone, I was yep. gone, we were both gone, and we and couldn't. now we're back. Now, there is another dun, one coming dun, dun. out that's going to be more of a featured one here later on, yeah. uh, which is another yeah. interview that we did with another person who immigrated to this country, all Yvonne that cool stuff. Pelton. Yeah. Actually, that by the time you guys get this, that one will be out, both yep. the highlights and the full version, as well as the audio. So, don't forget, we have our Spotify, we've got our iTunes, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter. And YouTube. Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, at Self-Evident Ministry, y'all, or at Self-Evident Podcast. Um, look us up. If you go on YouTube and it's Self-Evident Podcast, you, it'll, yep. it'll fall. We're the first we're, search engine, I think. We are Self-Evident yeah, Podcast. Yeah, we pretty much are. And now we got to trademark that. we got to yes, put that out we there. We're going to trademark this. Yes. We so have to. At this point, I mean, we can't have we, anybody take it. Right. Know? There you go, because and we're such in hot demand. Yes, everybody What's wants the Lord Jesus. We're growing in subscribers. We're growing in listeners. We're growing in people. We're growing ourselves. We need you to help support monthly, though. So we're going to release a couple of videos, too, about support and what it's going to help. And you guys are going to get a whole like host of why we're uh, doing this. Um, we've been doing so many things. God's opened so many doors. And it's been your support to get us there. I just was in Pennsylvania here last yeah. week. And and I'm not saying anything negative. I love what going there. That's why I go there. Um, but it cost us money to go because, yeah. you know, these kids, th- these groups, they can't afford us to come. And we don't want these kids to be neglected. There's like 400 students there. We were able to reach them here last weekend, which was uh, Memorial Day weekend, I should say. And, uh, you know, coming back was like more rejoicing than going there. Obviously, sometimes you're worried. Like for us, at least for me, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be a little human. Uh, I get worried about, man, can we pay the bills? Can we do this? And God always comes through. So it's really your monthly support that gets us there. We encourage you guys to go online, theselfevidenttruth.com, and get on that. We need your guys' help, man. It's reaching kids, and we're going to kids that don't normally get the gospel. They're not going to youth groups. So we go to the schools and the colleges and all these things, and we're having a blast doing it, and it's you getting us there. Consider signing up. Consider partnering with us because we need the help. And at least on the YouTubes. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow us. Click the notification bell. I know there's always questions about the algorithms and all that, but give yourself a chance to know what's coming out. Um, we try to announce the stuff as much as we can. Right. We try to let you guys know, but hey, it's always good to set up your notifications so you don't have to worry about it. Absolutely, man. So, so do right. rock and roll. Dude, we are back. We're back. We're back. It back feels in the saddle. Weird. Yeah. It, dude, it was kind of odd because we were supposed to start this thing, uh, well, about 45 minutes ago, and we didn't. Uh, it's kind of crazy being back in the saddle and, and you know, we're not going to, again, the last podcast that we did, that was just between me and you, we did yeah. a couple of questions, which was on the, the homosexual issue and, and you know, separation can, of church and state, separation of church and state. Can Christians yeah. be homosexual? I think we're the two questions. We're, yep. we're doing five commonly asked questions. And today we're going to do two more. We'll leave the last one, I think, uh, for I the next podcast. So. Yeah. And, and it's not that we're trying to do them in any particular order. It's not, not that at all. I just know that we can get on some tangents here when we start talking about these things. Yep. And what we really want is answers for the world. I think we still got to do one on electoral college. We got to do a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the perspective? What's the constitutional perspective? I think we should do one too on abortion is still illegal. That's a hot topic right now. Um, it's still illegal. Supreme Court can't make law. I don't care what they say. I don't care how many times they try to justify it. You can't do it. Uh, that's not their job. It's not, it's not the court's job to do that. Matter of fact, there's a lot of liberal lawyers uh, from Yale and, and, and I believe it was Harvard. They said that they pulled that decision, 1973 Roe v. Wade, out of the constitutional ether. And these guys were for abortion. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pro-choice. 
Um, so it's it's there's a lot of things that we got to discuss on this podcast. Yeah. There's just not enough time to do it. So and and with the abortion thing, which we will get into in another episode and let you guys know. Maybe really that should the be the last question about it. I I think maybe it should be. We'll do that because um, there are people coming out and saying that hey, Christians are can be a for abortion. Like Christians can be pro-choice. Blah blah blah. As well as oh, it's a constitutional right. You know what's crazy about that is they're basically saying Christians can be God. Exactly. <laughs> Taking life in your own hands. I mean, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. When did we get to you that can, point? You can make it. And I was reading um, a back and forth between a, a pro-life speaker and a, a student who was for abortion. And they were talking, well, what if this, the child goes into the foster homes and all that? You know, you're setting them up for failure, basically, because so many babies that are born to mothers that would abort, yeah. the child ends up going into the foster system. And the person had a great response, and they said, so you want to end the suffering by ending the sufferer. <laughs> that Ooh. sounds like Thanos. Ooh, exactly. The Thanos I'll argument. Make the snap and make all the suffering end by ending the sufferers. Yeah, then you can argue, like, and a lot of people did. It's like, Thanos, I get the point, I get the point. No. Thanos has no moral argument. You have no moral argument that you're the arbiter of morality here. God is. And again, these are questions we want to ask. And I think every question we've asked so far and the ones we're going to ask today is man playing God. Yeah. Taking his word and twisting it, taking his word and compromising it, taking his word and and fearing man instead of the Lord. And, and so Absolutely. this is this is good stuff, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of stoked about these these topics here. So we are on to number question. Number, number question. Number question. Number question. Letter, number Letter three. Number three. Letter three. Let's do it. <laughs> three. Tres. Tres. Dry. 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 Here we go. Well, that's Russian, but. You know. I thought that was kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger-ish. What are you doing? <laughs> We're going to talk about number three. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> number three. So on that note, <laughs> why are you puny people doing this? What the, did I ever tell? You, I'm sure I told you a story about how my buddies and I went to the Arnold Expo one year. Oh, and, and but tell the story. So we went to the Arnold Expo one right. year, you know, and it smells like protein farts and you know, <laughs> bunch of oversized guys walking around, and they had one point where they roped off like the the main walkway around the expo and. Arnold came through or whatever, and my buddies start yelling. Buddies and I start yelling Arnold quotes at him. <laughs> We're the only ones doing it, but get down, Arnold! Get down! What are you doing? Stop it! And you could tell he he was like cracking up as was he was he? walking past, like he was smiling. <laughs> Stop it, Arnold! Don't smile! Don't smile right now! What are you doing? It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> not the topics we were supposed to get into, but hey, man, we got to keep it light and funny. You know why? Because God also, I believe, has a sense of humor. And Absolutely. he placed a sense of humor in all of us. Absolutely. Henceforth, the dance has been retired. We want to have a moment of silence because the dance has been brought to our attention. By our sponsor, which is Carrie, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> did you really just sell I, her out? I did, the- man. But <laughs> I love her to death. My wife, listen. Before I continue with this, my wife is the bomb, and my wife would never lead me astray. My wife would never tell me to not do something if it was beneficial. She just thought the dance was kind of corny, and so I thought, well, she's right. Not that she's always right, but she's right. And actually, 95% of the time, she's right. 
And uh, so we retired the dance. And Mike really felt sympathetic to this, and he wanted to do something very special for the dance. I want a moment of silence for the dance. Oh, gosh. We're going to put an in memoriam down on the bottom of the screen. Can you do the Undertaker music? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, taps. There you go. Let's do it. Dude, that was like perfect pitch, buddy. Good I used for to you when I was a trumpet player. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get these questions started. All right, eh? number three. Back to it. Let's do it, buddy. All right. Transgenderism. Transgenderism. We've done a couple of episodes about yep. this, so some people might, dude, guys, you're covering the same stuff over and over. Yeah, kind of, but kind of. there's a reason for why we're doing this. This is an often asked question. One of the things that we're going to do on this, as opposed to the other times that we talked about, is we're really going to get more into the biblical scripture side of it. Yeah, man. You Most know? of the time, it's just arguments and like yeah. all these things, and it's not that we're trying to rehash things. It's just that what happens is... is the, 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 the opposite side of what we think as Christians constantly beats into your head that it's okay and we should accept it and it's tolerable. Yeah. You need to do the same with the Word of God, with arguments, with good reason, right? Reasonable conjecture. You really need good stuff in your head and in your heart to rehearse to yourself that, no, God's standard is real and God's standard is just. God's standard is the standard. It's funny. Yeah. I was at Pittsburgh uh, at the Steelers' uh, Heinz Field. And I was there with my son. He's his favorite team is the Steelers. And there's a sign out there on their locker room. You know what it says? The standard is the standard. That's <laughs> it. Standard no is compromise. The sta- no compromise. God's standard is the standard. Now, you can tell me, oh, you, that's interpretable. Uh, thou shalt not lie, kill, steal. Not interpretable. Fairly clear. Right. And, and you know, yeah. people, you can flub up things. Like a lot of people say, well, gluttony. There's a lot of Christians that are gluttonous. Look at you, Master Big. Dude, I can honestly say with a clean conscience, I don't eat a lot. Yeah. I just have bad genetics. And so, like, hey, it's okay. I'm working on it. I've lost almost 30 pounds. Yeah. We're working on it, right? So I can easily destroy these arguments, right? But God's standard is a standard. He created male and female. So what's yeah. the question? So, well, and, and I kind of want to set it up from giving the point of view of the other side. And then we're sure. we're going to respond to it in a respectful way. Yeah, uh, th- please understand that we yeah. are being respectful about this. And and even if you disagree, yes, with what we're saying here, that's okay. Understand that we're coming from an honest heart. Like we're com- coming with love. We're not just coming of. Oh, I want to knock these people down with a baseball bat. That's not it. Exactly. You know? And we're also coming from a formerly sinful heart. A formerly absolutely because. Your sin or whatever you partake in before the Lord, we've done sin too. And sin is an abomination before God at all. I mean, it's just sin. It's transgression of his laws. Those kind of things. So we're not saying anything like you don't understand the struggle. Oh, oh, we do. Gone through our own struggles. Struggles, yeah. We all have our crosses, so. Yeah. So the the argument from the other side tends to boil down, and and I'm going to do my best to. Go for it. I mean, obviously there are other. And he's not trying to generalize. No. Um, the argument is that somebody internally, mentally, emotionally feels like the opposite sex. And a lot of times the argument is it started when they were very young. Okay. Right? Let's take a little boy, for instance, always wanted to play with girls' toys, always felt more comfortable around girls, maybe even as far as wanted to dress up like a girl or said, I am a girl 
to mom and dad, right? I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. And I'm not not trivializing that, you know. So it it's a mental the argument is it's a mental emotional connection. There's even been people who have said there's studies that show that the brain activity is different in somebody who's transgender, transgender. Or, or feeling like yep. a female trapped in a male's body or whatever. Right. Um, I think we need to separate out first. People tend to blend in things such as like intersex, mm-hmm. um, hermaphrodites, or sure. you know. I think that's a bit separate category because, and not in a demeaning way, it's just a separate category from transgenderism because they're people who actually have either both parts or a mix of both parts. And, and yeah, that would be an extremely difficult situation, you know. But they do tend to go one way or another of feeling yeah. more feminine or feeling yeah. more male, you know. Yeah. Um, did you have something? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll answer it in a minute. So, so the thought process tends to be, okay, if somebody truly feels this way, if somebody truly, there's, they feel like something innate within them is sure. at discord with what their body is, the argument is, okay, we should change that. We should change the body to reflect how they feel. We should change how they act in society to how they feel on the inside. Okay. Okay. So that tends to be the argument from the other side is this is fluid. Absolutely. This moves back and forth. Absolutely. Or, you know, this, this just because you, you have male structure doesn't mean you're a male. So that's laying it on the table. That's kind of the general idea. Yeah. And, and I'm going to answer this in many different parts, but I'm going to start off with this to the Christian. If the person saying this to you does not have God as the standard, they're going to think that way. They're going to think opposite of God's design. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, there, there is a design that God created. It's just like saying, let's say I rebuilt a motor once. When I was in college, I had an 83 Chevy and big old truck, you know, a six-inch lift, and had 35-inch yeah. tires. And <laughs> four, dude, had a 454 <laughs> in it. I mean, it was a beast, right? Yeah. There's a thing that, and it, and it may be a myth, I don't know, but our, our instructors told us, the first 500 miles don't rev it over 3,000 RPM because yep. you're breaking in the motor. Always being told. Yep. Right? If I went against the design and just started ripping it and the motor blows up, should I say, well, shoot, they should have conformed the motor to handle that? Yeah. Or if there's a design of a machine and it says this is the way that you operate it and you don't operate it within the confines of how the machine was designed, something breaks. Yeah. Is it the fault of the designer or the operator? Yeah. I th- and that's I think that's step number one is because we have this case of exceptions and and it's so pervasive. That's that other thing I was going to say. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, it's so so pervasive in media and culture right now. It's it's a huge talking point when you have such a small percentage of people who really battle with this. I, I don't remember the exact statistics, so I'm going to like three percent, isn't it? Not at like point oh three percent. Oh, oh, is is like true. I'm thinking struggle. homosexual. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. True. I I, th- I want to say it's like 0.03 percent or something. True transgender. Struggle. Yeah. Not not just attention seeking, but true struggle. Exactly. True gender dysphoria. So do we decide that we need to redefine redefine what's the standard? Sure. I don't even want to use the word normal because that word is so 
fraught with yeah because both sides struggle. use that word and yeah. they use it to attack each other so exactly. normal has become the abnormal it's, word to use right yeah it's it's really a dagger that people yeah. use on let's let's other. talk about real design and your design right yeah. your concept your conceptual thing right so here let's let's take this not only is it a, like a 0.03 or point let's just go to the extreme 0.05 percent of the population saying i really deal with transgenderism, that argument then tends to break down into the hermaphrodites. Well, there's hermaphrodites, see, then there is transgenderism. Yeah. You're taking an even less portion of society that has this problem or this issue, I should say, not even problem. That's how they were born. Like, you're, you're taking that and then using that to justify the argument and, of transgenderism. And saying it's not the exception, it's the rule. It's the rule, yeah. yeah. When... 99% of society, and I'm again, I'm being extreme here. Yeah. I'm giving them more, more credit than, than that. 99% of us, we just know we're male and female. Yeah. We don't struggle with that, right? Let me ask you a question. Go for it. How many times, Mike, how many times have you thought about, and before Christian, I'm going to say before Christ, did you see a girl and I'm like, I just want to, oh man, I want a piece of that, <laughs> right? Let's get a little, let's get a little yeah. crass. Let's get a little real, I mean, right? That's what my life was. What is stopping Christ? you? From doing that, from just going up to her and I'm born again. I'm a new person. Before right? that, bef oh, you, you, oh, you oh, would you wouldn't just go before yeah. Christ. Let's just say yeah. because I'm, I'm going extreme I'm, on thought here. Okay, I wouldn't go caveman. That's you know like right. there, what there stops was, you from that? There was some some a there was some innate course restriction on that. It was and absolutely people would say well that's just societal norm and I'm not I'm not sure that's the case. I think it's more. People train themselves to become brutal or the the environment is yep. right to where brutal can succeed right. as opposed to innately in us. We, I think there's conviction. Sure. I mean, the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, so before I became a Christian, there was just something in me of like, that's not right. So you know? to bring it back to its original, your feelings don't matter. You know, it's wrong to rape. Yeah. It's wrong. Your feelings have no bearing in this argument. Because my feelings would have said, go for it. Right. Because you have a feeling towards a tendency does not make it right. Listen, there's, I have a young adults ministry. Sometimes there's a feeling in the room, oh, he's against me, she's against me. And then they talk it out. Their feelings were completely wrong. Wrong. Yeah. And they took that feeling and they ran with it and they sit on it for two weeks. And they're like, that person's totally against me. Their mind has tricked them. It's tricked them. Into believing that. And how often do people run yeah. into that? No. You know? Let's let's go with this for a second. Now everybody's gonna say, Oh, he's reading Romans one. But just listen to this. I'm not reading Romans one to condemn. I'm reading Romans one to Romans one to liberate you. Yeah. Because this is what happens when he gives you over to a reprobate mind. Your mind plays tricks on you. Do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Relationships. We we dude, we we kill ourselves in thought, right? Check this out. It says this. And since they did not, they did not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to a debased mind. In the King James, says reprobate. Yep. Reprobate meaning void of judgment. They're debased, right? It says this to do what ought not to be done. God designed it in a certain way. He designed male and female. Your argument will be, look how they're screwing it up. True, He didn't design us to screw up. Yep. He designed us to follow His law and His order, right? Let's 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 keep let's continue to get into this. When they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, 
though they know God's righteous decree, those that who practice such things deserve to die spiritually, deserve to die, which means they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. separated, separated from the Lord, from God. right? They do not only give them, it says they do not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Yep. This is the problem with compromise because we wouldn't hold the line. Now we start to approve those who practice it, yeah. thinking that God designed it this way. God, you know what? That's just how we're designed. Show me in Scripture where God would design something, and then eventually we would be so enlightened that we were going against his design, and he's okay with it. Yeah. And there's, I want to play with the word debase a little bit. If you're to debase, you're, taking, you're off the base, right? You're off the foundation. So the foundation is supposed to be great, great, our, great our, rea- topic. our relationship with God. Yep. If we put him in the proper position, then we see things clearly. We see things with righteous eyes. We see things that are not good for us and not good for other people, and we see how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to be, because we're trying to, I don't want to say trying, we are being renewed in the image of Christ. Truth. If we don't acknowledge God then it's on us to find our own path, to figure out our own way. What are we? We're selfish. Right. So if I'm on my own path, well, heck, I'm here for me. And what that section is really talking about is they rejected God and the relationship God wanted to have with them. So they said, I'm on my own. It's the same thing Lucifer did. Lucifer said, I want to be better than you. I want to be in charge of me. Yep. I want to be on my own throne. The right. pride. What we say is, I want to be on my own throne. That's, I want to be in charge of what I'm going to do. That's exactly right, dude. Which then selfishness takes over, and we start scanning around and looking for around, around for, okay, what's going to bring me pleasure? What's going to provide for me? What's going to do for yep. me? Whereas the faithful relationship with God says, God will provide for me. I need to keep my eyes on him. Dude, let's also be clear on this, too. Because you're exactly right in what you said. I love that you went on that debase thing because there's more to add to that. Just because man accepts something doesn't make it right. Yeah. Why would you follow a corruptible man who will die one day and not serve the one who lives? Hmm. Amen. Use, like, just think about that for a minute, right? If we use our, our mind and our heart and our senses, we know there's something greater than us. That's all of creation groans yeah. for, for, for a savior, for something greater than them. There's something that's out there we don't even know. We all do. We, we all do it, dude. I do it all the time. Bigger than right. us. But think about this too. If God designed us to be flawed, listen to me. If God designed us to be flawed, why was Christ needed? Hmm. Because we would have been fulfilling what he had designed us for. That's exactly right. If we were designed flawed, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. Jesus would not have had to die. That is the essence of being born again. I'm using this argument that I use in the homosexual thing. See, the Bible says when you're born again, you deny yourself. It doesn't matter what your feelings are. Your feelings have nothing to do with what God is telling you to do in Scripture. When he says to live righteous and holy and all these things, your carnal mind, your, your heart, whatever you want, your feelings, your emotions... You're supposed to be crucified. The Bible says yeah. those that are Christ have crucified themselves with this lust of suffering. We crucify everything here. The Bible says in Ephesians, or is it Galatians, set your affection on things above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set them on the things above, not on things of the earth, because it's temporal. He's eternal. My job isn't to follow what man says. I'm not supposed to have a fear of man. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be accepted by man. 
people are supposed to accept Christ, not Christ accept man. We've got this backwards. It doesn't, God doesn't, God is not supposed to accept man. Man is supposed to accept his righteousness. That's the difference. And we convolute this by saying, well, he created us this way. Well, then when you accept Christ, you are now a new creature. Again, you die to yourself. There's nothing about you that lives that's fleshy. And the struggles that you have internally die because you're putting yourself down. You're living under Christ. You are now, like it says in Hebrews, when it talks about uh, being, being, uh, I'm sorry, it's in Romans, Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, Listen to this, a living sacrifice, which means you're here denying yourself living to him, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world. The world is against God. Read Romans 8. It talks about that the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not Mm -hmm. subject to the law of God, and it can't be. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God, it says in Romans 8, okay? Those that are in the flesh can't please God. That's why I need Jesus. This is all hope to me. Do you know why you feel conviction? you know why you feel angry and a struggle? And you know why you can't shake this? Because your carnal mind is at enmity with God. He loves you that much to bring you into his goodness. And you know what he requires of you? You. He doesn't require your sacrifices. He doesn't require your money. He doesn't require anything else except you. And you know what? Well, you know what was required of God? His son. Take that. You think it's you giving something up? He gave up his only son for the righteousness we don't have yeah. outside of him. Think about this. Listen to this. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When he says here, when it says in, 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 uh, in Romans 1, it talks about he gave them over to a reprobate mind. You're supposed to renew your mind as you become a Christian. To the things of God. Nowhere. And people say this all the time. Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality. Well, he didn't talk about bestiality. He didn't talk about pedophilia. So should those be acceptable? No, we know innately something is wrong with that. Christian or not, you know. They even say about inmates. When a guy gets busted for pedophilia and he goes to jail, oh, inmates it's, don't like it's it. It's on. He, he's good chance of getting shanked. Criminals yeah. hate it. Uh, Why? Even they have their own standards of what is right and wrong. There's something in them that knows it's wrong. Mm -hmm. We cannot continue to normalize what God has said no to. And when we can... Regardless of the consequence. When when we continue to look away from God, we start to convince ourselves that something is okay and something is acceptable. And we continue on that path, and the farther along that path we go, the more we try to break out of the boundaries that God originally set. That's why the boundaries continue to get pushed, whether it's in your media, whether it's in your arguments, whether it's in your your own life. The more you push the boundaries that were originally set. And it's funny because people say, be proud of this. Oh, I was just going to say that. Right. Dude. Right. Good job. Whether whether Good it's job. Keep going. whether it's homosexuality, abortion, transgenderism, be true, be true to yourself. Be proud of this. And I'm not I'm not denigrating the people who are in this stuff. I'm saying, no, look, bro, when, we you're, love you. when you're told, be proud of this, you've got to question why. Why am I being told to be proud of this? Is it purely because I'm supposed to buck against society that has something wrong? Or is it because I'm being convinced of a lie that something that is wrong, I should be proud of to where I convince myself that it's something right? Bingo. Right? Bingo. And who, who said it? Thomas Paine. A long, 
habit of thinking a thing not to be wrong gives it a superficial appearance of it being right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, do you you have more on this? Because I, I, I want to twist I do. it back to something. Okay. I do. Go ahead and finish so, that because so I want to there, turn There's it two back things to I want to say. To be true to yourself is actually a, a misnomer. No one is ever true to themselves. Think about this. You change your opinion daily. You change your walk daily. You change your diet habits. You change all these things. Being true to yourself is you don't change. You're immutable. The only one that is immutable is God. If you, here, here's a question. If you set your watch to a broken clock, is your watch suddenly correct? Ooh. So when point. we look at ourselves and we look it's inward. It's your boy, good right? argument. Right? If we look inward and we're already broken, we're trying to... Yeah, dude. You're going to another broken man to the, find the standard yeah, that you should yeah. live by? The the scale is broken, and we're trying to find the measurement with the scale that's dude, broken. Dude, you know? what kind of mentor do you want in business? Someone who's failed and failed and failed and gave up? Or a guy like Gary Vee? Yeah. Thank you. You go for the standard. Yeah. You go for the higher. You go for a guy who you may not agree with all the methods, but the dude is successful, and he's rocking it, right? Yep. Why are we going for what man's already done? Who became the moral arbiter? I'm not a moral arbiter. God is. I just proclaim his truth. Listen to this. Ephesians 4, 17. It says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Listen to this. The mind. Futility of the mind. The mind. It's always the mind. Yep. Always the mind. Listen to this having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life that's in God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, lewdness meaning sinful desires, right? To work all in cleaning, un- working all uncleanliness with greediness. Greeting. Ooh, 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 dude. Uncleanliness ahead. with greediness. Buddy. You ever notice whatever it is, especially sin, you need more. Dude, Drugs, it never stops. Alcohol, sex. It right? never stops. You you telling me if you're into porn, one picture and you're done? Uh-uh. That's how no, it starts. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's and it wants it more and more and more. Suddenly you want more. Suddenly you want more and more. Yep. Suddenly you want more, 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 more. Right? First, it was just a little bit of weed. Then it was a little bit more. Then it was a lot more. Then suddenly it was, well, what about pills? You know, right. No, that's not true for every single case, but this is what we do is we get greedy. We do. With the loot. And those who complain about those that are greedy are never satisfied. <laughs> wow. <laughs> never. Good point. Those that complain that are greedy are never satisfied because you're pointing at the sin. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're pointing at the branch, not the root, yeah. right? I'm not saying those that are rich are greedy. I want to be rich someday. <laughs> Will it ever happen? Probably not. <laughs> who knows? But listen to this. This is verse 20, but you have not learned Christ this way. He said, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him and the truth that is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. God designed it one way. Jesus didn't change that. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have. Then he wouldn't have been the true savior. Yep. He couldn't say, I'm of the father because he would have disobeyed his father. That would have been sinful. He couldn't. Have, he could not have been the savior. Either he's right. And there's this moral code that we need to follow by the grace of the Lord out of love. 
Dude, people think that somehow God's the tyrant when we're the ones disobeying him. When if we followed his laws, dude, I found nothing but pure joy following his laws, Mm -hmm. obeying him from the spirit, understanding that my life is not mine. I give it to other people. Dude, when we were at Pennsylvania this weekend, this last weekend, I was dying going up there. I mean, dying internally, like, Lord, what are we doing, man? This is going to cost us money, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I, I went through all these things, yeah. right? But getting there and ministering to these kids and the adults there, nothing like it. I'm so sorry, Lord. And I said this to him. I'm sorry, Lord, that I even thought about that, turning around or like, what am I doing? Lord, this is so awesome that I get to be used by you to minister to these kids. And dude, you know what? When we prophesy life into them, when we give them life, when we give them prayer, dude, I can easily see corruption, but I see what God put in them. You that are in the transgender community, those that are confused, transgender or the, the gender confused and or all these things, or you're wondering or whatever. Do you realize how much you're loved and that God wants to make you pure? Not to remain in the old ways, but to remain in so- or to, to continue in something new. And that's that's a very scary thought for us. It's, yeah. It's, it's a very scary thought because so often we think, God's not going to give me the better. I've got to go out and get the better myself. I know I know what's good for me. God's going to just oppress me with his laws and his rules, and I'm going to become this archaean, boring wasp, you know? Right. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant that, you know, is just lifeless. When you follow Christ and you live a life that you've you've given up for Christ, it gets more exciting, more interesting, scarier than ever. Right. But it's full. The f- Tell me I'm not true in this when I say the fullest moments we have of joy, peace, growth, enjoyment, happiness is when we're ministering. When you're following when your conscience. When we're connecting. Yeah. When, when the Spirit tells you, go up and talk to that person. You go, I don't want, um, um, it's about time. I just, okay. Dude, and then you go. Listen, you you who are are, are are in sin, you who scripturally are in sin, you who are in lifestyles that, that that aren't godly, you who are just listen to me for a second. When you get an unction to go help a homeless man and you do it, what's the feeling like? <laughs> you feel blessed, don't you? You feel like, man, I did, I did something. something. I accomplished something. I'm part of something greater. Dude, that's it. We're a part of something greater. When I can die to myself, my desires no longer exist. He gives me new desires, and guess what? He blesses me through as I serve him, and he's been nothing but kind and gracious to me, man. Yeah. Nothing but, thank you, Lord. I just got a prayer answered in my heart as I'm talking about this. That's why I stopped like that. He's been nothing but kind and gracious to us. Nothing but, right? When I can deny myself and I no longer exist, and you do, you then now take on that role and say, I don't want to exist anymore either. I want God to exist so I can go help another and you help another and it's purity and you don't take any of that glory for yourself. It's all about the Lord. And guess what he does with you? He rewards you openly and he puts you in front of people and he gets you out there and then you get recognized and you're like, man, I don't deserve this. God does. And then he says, yep, but you're my trophy, man. But I used you. And And that's a good thing. And your personality comes out clearer, more pure, more powerful, right? No malice a lot of, in it. A, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to lose my personality when I follow Christ. No. Quite the it's, opposite. It's, it's kind of like the Marines, right? The Marines break you down to build you back up. Right. Christ needs to renew us. We're born again. So then as we grow in Christ, 
we become the full personality of what he actually meant you to be. So your personality is not diminished by Christ. Instead, it's brought out. Your tastes, your your enjoyments, your talents, your skills, your gifts, they're enhanced. They're beautified. They're purified. So that then you walk more confident, more peaceful, more sure of who you are in God because it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what you think about you. It matters what God thinks about you, right? And we're, if we're his children, it's not like he's going, you better get this right or I'm giving up on you. You better get out the door if you screw this up. No, he's a father that doesn't reject us. He's a father that in, instead accepts us and picks us up when we fall down and walks alongside us. And a lot of times we go, I can't hear him. I can't feel him. I'm in all of this. What's going on? The problem is a lot of times we shut the door on him. Truth. And we don't want to tell ourselves we're shutting the That's door. That's exactly off. right, buddy. We want to pin it on him. I know. Right? And, and I know we I'm, do that. I'm going on this trail, but no, like, go for it. Go we, for it, dude. We try to tell God, you're not here with me. When in reality, we're the one who's turned our back and started walking away. Now, does that mean that it automatically gets easy when you go, God, help me? Not necessarily. No, it actually Sometimes you got to go through struggle right, in order to get because there. because he causes you to confront the thing that's in you. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. It actually builds character. Like, dude, seriously, this this whole lifestyle change going on keto and stuff, not that I'm promoting keto because that's just one way of losing weight, but it takes a lot to say, I got to confront this, and my lifestyle had to change. How I eat had to change. Dude, the amount I had to eat, when I wanted to eat, you know, intermittent fasting here and the exercise, all these things, you you confront the thing. Yeah. And is it easy to do? No. no. But guess what? It's going to be better for me in the long run. Ooh. And what holds you from confronting yourself, right? What 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 is the, the first sin that ever happened? Selfishness. Pride. Pride. It's our pride that keeps us from confronting yep. what's wrong with That's us. That's exactly right, too. Whether it's losing weight, whether it's cutting out sugar, whether it's stopping alcohol, whether it's stopping Any kind lust, of sin. Anything. It's our pride that gets in the way. Because Bro. our pride says, there's nothing wrong with me. Totally. Or, I don't need to do that. Totally. I like this. That's, I, that's yeah, that's important for other people. It's not important for not me. Not for me. No. When you get rid of the pride, suddenly you humble yourself and you go... Something has to change. Truth. I am not right in this. Truth, truth. Right? And that's what God is there for. He's the standard. Totally. We, When we look to him, we can get rid of the pride and go, okay, Lord, what is supposed to be in my life? Yeah. And the whole idea is conforming to the image of Christ, who was exactly. not prideful. There was no pride, there was no pride in, in Christ. And so, like, my duty is not to come at you with a heavy hand or anything like that. Listen, man. Paul said it, I'm the chief of sinners, man. He mm -hmm. was. He knew his frailty. That's why he preached a big God. That's why he preached that the goodness of God led him to repentance. Not a slap in the face. The goodness of the Lord. He's yeah. so good, so merciful, so gracious. that he, That's what led me to it. It's like, man, how could you forgive this cat here? A deceiver, a liar, a sinner, a guy who was caught up in lust and all these other things. I mean, yeah. talking about lust, lust. You know, all these things. You forgave me. You want you died for me, man. That's crazy stuff. The veterans do it all the time. They died for freedom. Even though people don't even realize that Memorial Day is about those that died. They started posting about thank you for your service. 
not what it was about. It's about those yeah. that died. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We don't even know what Memorial Day means. We're out there grilling our girls. Not that I'm saying that's bad. What I'm saying is you really understand a sacrifice put before you. And if you did, you wouldn't want to do anything to fight. Matter of fact, you would do everything you could to learn why they died and live for that. Right. Which leads us to kind of into this next question, because I hope everybody got something out of this, because are you done? There was one thing I wanted to bring it back to um, before we move on to your question. So a lot of people are going to say, "Okay, you guys have have laid out this idea of why you shouldn't follow sin. Yep. Why would transgenderism be considered sin? Because there's it's a simple it's as simple as this. We complicate the snot out of faith, but it's really this simple. God created, not us. We can't create ourselves. We can't do, and I love it when scientists are like, we finally found life in a tube. We finally did this. Yeah, it took a lot of people to put that bottle of stuff together, right? So they were created. Didn't just pop out of nowhere. There wasn't anything that was extraordinary. Didn't just pop out of thin air because God is the creator and anything against his design is sin. Anything against him, anything against the way he set this stuff up is sin. Even if the design is, or even if the change in the design is just a twist. Right. We, a lot of times we think if it completely goes against the design, then yeah, it's wrong. But what if it's just a twist on the design? Well, the twist, the, the, the twist is very simple to explain. Adam and Eve didn't follow his design. So it creates this ripple effect. Do you realize what sin does, dude? I'm realizing this more and more. The ripple effect of sin, the ripple effect of a thought life, the ripple effect of how you treat people, the ripple effect of your thought life as far as like what you think of yourself. You know, every one of you out there, you would never cut somebody down deliberately unless you're straight up like a heathen, right? Straight up a jerk. Yeah. You would never cut somebody down deliberately because that's just wrong to do. You want to encourage people. That's what everybody wants, right? Why do we do it to ourselves? Yeah. I do, it, I do it all the time. Yeah. I don't like it. The, the things we say to ourselves, we would never utter to Dude, another human being. we crush right? ourselves. I'm thinking, man, I'm never blessed, Lord, like that guy. And it's like, that's straight blasphemy, man. I'm realizing that more and more. Yeah. That's just blasphemy against God and his love for me and his design for me. Dude, Listen. Either I'm straight crazy, which some of you probably believe that. You too. Yeah, You're crazy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> or, or there's something real. Exactly. Listen, heaven may not exist. Maybe we believe in something that's a big sham, right? I might be wrong. But what if I'm right? What if you're right? Yeah. What if? If we're wrong. And. We tried to better ourselves. And what is wrong with trying to live the way Christ did? Even the heathen acknowledge the goodness of Christ. Yeah. What's wrong with trying to live just like him? We all need a little bit of Jesus, bro. Actually, we all need we Jesus. All need Jesus. Period. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, I didn't mean to say it that like demean Christ. We need Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? That's why he's the gold standard. Why do you yeah. think the golden rule exists? Jesus talked about it, mm-hmm. right? Go ahead. And, and the male and female thing. You know, mm-hmm. everybody brings up. God created them male and female. For and what purpose, though? You know? And exactly, like, we have we tend to gloss over it and just say, well, transgenderism is wrong because God created them male and female. So accept that as your complete answer. Go away. Well, no, let's, let's break this let's down. Let's break it down a little bit, right? yeah. 
okay, so God created male and female. Why did he create a man and a woman? He could have easily created us to, to procreate on our own, to do our own thing, or create just all men and or all women, right? But there was a male and a female. And yeah, the whole complementing parts and all of that, but there's a union that happens mm. because each has their, their distinct drive. The, and I'm not even going to use roles, the word roles, because that's... It has a societal connotation now, but they both have their their own part to play in the union, right? Truth. And so when we're born, we're we're born as one of those two parts to play a part in the union. Somebody's immediately going to go, but what about those who are intersex, or what about those who are confused? They're not part of the plan. No, no, no. no. That doesn't mean you don't have a part to play in the plan. Bingo. It just means that you're. <laughs> you're you're gonna have a a different struggle than somebody else. I, I you know? yeah, I kind of find too that those that use those minority examples, it's kind of like the same old argument about what about all those people in Africa that never heard the gospel? Well, get saved, cleaned up, make yourself a missionary, and go yeah. out there because you obviously have a heart for it. The 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 those that are intersex, those that have the both parts, yeah. the hermaphrodites, or what they're called, yeah. hermaphrodites, get saved, cleaned up. Go heal them. And why can't yeah. we talk about yeah. that? Signs and wonders will follow those that believe. Because we've been told that you're not allowed to say that this is somebody who can be healed. Because healing would determine that something's wrong with them. But healing and we also. want to tell them nothing's wrong with you whatsoever. And, and dang it. That is why, so why can't there be something better for you? You know what? Maybe you have both. Maybe you got both parts. Maybe there's a reason that God's allowing you to go through that struggle. Notice I'm not saying God created you like that. Maybe God's allowing you to go through that struggle, maybe a lifetime struggle. That's going to give you a very unique perspective that nobody else can have. So when you run into that other one person in a million who is in the same situation you are, you can go, I know exactly I totally how you, you feel. What about all those people that have been conceived in rape? Yeah. And they're like, man, I still believe it, and I'm a pro-lifer and I'm a Christian and I was conceived in rape. Are they wrong? So like everybody that's saying that the babies that or the people, the women that get raped, they should have abortions. So you're not going to give voice to the kid that actually came out of rape, boy, boy or girl, give voice to that kid. Right. Not let them even. This is so crazy. I'm kind of going with their line yeah, of thinking. Yeah, go for it. So then you're killing a kid that may want to be what he wants to be. You're killing that kid. You're killing a kid who was conceived. You're saying that that person's story is invalid because of your argument, right? I think it's wrong to do this. It's wrong. If you care about those cases of rape and incest, if you care about all these things, get saved, cleaned up, and go help them people. Yeah. And go become a lawyer to prosecute the rapists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do something about the problem. Again, it's that, that argument of you're trying to, what was that, kill the... You're trying to correct the suffering by killing, killing the sufferer, the sufferer. right? Yeah. Which actually will lead us to the next question. Why does God allow the suffering then? Because yeah. you kind of alluded to that. You may deal with this your whole life. Why is there so much suffering? Why is there school shootings? Why is there pandemonium? Why is there natural disasters? Why, why does death exist, right? I'll tell you why. Because we screwed it up. Sin. Dude, we... And, dude, listen... 
some of you may say to me, you're wrong in what you're saying. You're wrong. Okay, that's cool, right? But I'm at least pointing the finger at myself and saying that I screwed this up. Anything, anytime something happens in my life that I know I've reaped what I've sown, it's because I sowed it. Yeah. Right? Which is our pride gets in the way and tells us, well, there won't be any totally. consequence to the sin totally. that you committed. When we sit down and get humble and we start thinking about the consequence of the sin that we've committed, it it hurts, man. I, I can think about times and things where I've done things or said things, and it's like, this created a whole chain reaction. Absolutely, that, that dude. It's, it's dangerous because then the shame builds up of what I've done. Now, I'm forgiven. I am a new creation. But that doesn't mean that the sins that I committed in the past don't have consequence Truth. on today. Truth. And we have to be very aware of that idea. Truth. That what we do will ripple through Truth. existence Truth. and have effect. It's, it's kind of like the idea of karma. The idea of karma is something you do has a chain reaction and effects and, and will end up coming More back reciprocate, on you, which is right? reaping and sowing, right? Yeah. Which is the concept yeah. of reaping and sowing. Yeah. I think I'm going to start it off like this. I have a friend, a really good friend, who when Parkland shooting happened, was it last year? Last year? Yeah, last year, yeah. two years ago. Maybe a clap. Gosh, man, it's getting... Anyways, the Parkland shooting happened. He called me right away. Just become a, like really started getting into the things of God, Chuck. Yeah. And um, he said to me, he asked me a question that was not hard to answer, but I could really feel his pain and why he asked me the question. He said to me, Massey, why does God, if he's so powerful, allow this to happen? And I'm thinking to myself, I, I get tired of answering this question, and here's why. It goes back to that operator argument yeah. of, I'm not going to get mad at Harley Davidson for someone operating a bike intoxicated, lewd, crass, doing wheelies, which it's not designed to do, right? I didn't design the bike to do that. If you ride it, operate, and you carefully operate this, it won't happen. Now, is there sometimes freak things that happen? A deer comes out, all these things. First off, if you know that that's a deer-infested area, why are you riding a motorcycle <laughs> in that area, right? Uh, Just saying, like, there's things that we could do to prevent it. I'm not making fun of that. I'm saying... We do. It's an operator thing. God created us to be with him and in union with him. Adam walked with him in the cool of the day, right? So did Lot. Lot walked with him, man. But we do a great job of destroying exactly his standard. So who allowed the suffering? Did man or did God? Because if God doesn't allow consequence for our actions, then he's become an unjust God. Dude, you would be mad if you couldn't make a consequence. If you didn't, you would be mad if you couldn't make a choice. He'd be a tyrant to you. Yeah. Then, when he allows you to eat the fruit of your way because you have the consequence to your choice, you get mad at him because he allowed that to happen. Take your pick. Yeah. You don't want to be a, a controlled robot, but you don't want to have free will. But you're mad either way. Which one's right? You're not coming to Christ because you don't want to be a robot, but you're mad when you don't come to him and bad things happen. Because of free will that you chose. You see yeah. how confusing this is? You don't want to come to him for the fear of the rule. But then you don't follow the rule. And then consequences happen. So God allows suffering to happen. No, God doesn't want suffering to happen. But here's what's cool about this. Listen to this. Second Corinthians 1. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know what trials and suffering and all these things do? And it's an age-old argument, but I'm going to try to explain it a little bit better. Suffering breeds compassion, they say. Tell that to that person who suffers, right? And it's not easy, right? But when you meet someone who's genuinely saved of the Lord and they've been through cancer, like Joe Zupas' wife had a kidney transplant and all these things, she went through suffering. I have never heard her one time curse God about it. You know what she does? She prays for those who've been through it and are going through it, and she has a testimony. She comforts those who are, go- who are going through it and who have gone yeah. through it. Uh, one of our young adults lost his mother a couple months ago, right? Yeah. Our pastor here lost his wife to cancer. He lost his mother to cancer. Guess who was able to comfort Andrew? Yeah. The older one. The one who had been through it because God, he had already been comforted by God to go through the trial. Yeah. You know what that did? It broadened Pastor Todd's heart to give counsel to Andrew who lost his mother, right? Suffering happens. Death happens because guess what? We're fallen beings. We were not supposed to be created to die, but we die because of sin. Sin does that to us. Our body, listen, whether you die of old age or you die because of health reasons, right? We have some part to play in that. We do. We have a part to play in it. If I die because I'm overweight, guess whose fault that was? It wasn't God. It was me. I didn't take care of myself. Hey, it is what it is, right? Why does God allow suffering? I can say it this way. I wouldn't understand the breadth of who he is if I didn't understand the suffering of Christ. I could not understand the love that God has for me if I don't understand the suffering of his son. So why does he allow suffering? So we can understand love. Like what happened in Houston when the natural disaster happened, 90-something percent of the groups that went out there were Christian organizations. You know what happened? We all banded together. We came together in Dayton. I have some friends out in that area, right? Now they're getting people together, and they're, they're coming together, and the places, all these things, right? We're learning yeah. to love through suffering. That's what the, suffering brings unity in a lot of ways. Sometimes when you see a suffering person, but even Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. Take mm-hmm. care of them. He's teaching you to love because suffering exists. Guys, you can't get rid of suffering. You can't, you, dude, you can't. You ever, you ever lift weights when you haven't done it in 20 years? You suffer. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Do you know what? You fight through it because you know at the end you're going to be better for it. So how can we allow it in physical pain when we're doing it to ourselves? Well, we, won't, we won't see the suffering that happens in the world as something to grow us, and in the end we'll be better for it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's all these yeah. things that God doesn't necessarily allow the suffering. He allows us to make the choice. When we make the choice, like all those people, listen, did God make that kid shoot up the school? Kid chose it. Who did he disobey? Not only the laws of nature, which are natural law, which is civil law, the laws of God. So whose fault was it God? Again, you're blaming the designer, not, I'm sorry, the, 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 yeah, you're blaming the designer instead of the one who's in charge of the design. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of people will argue that of, well, he could have stopped it and he could have saved all those lives. Yes, he very well could have. The problem is, where do you draw that line? Because we always, we always do it by case-by-case case basis, okay? We, we always say, oh, God could have stopped this and he could have stopped that and he could have stopped that and he could have stopped that and he could have stopped that, blah, blah, blah. At some point, if he stops all of it, then he's stopped consequence 
from choices. That's right. Each person has consequence for their choices. Bingo. Every single individual. And the sad real fact is in a fallen world, in a sinful world, your consequences may affect other people. Bingo. And we we really push against that. We really kind of chafe against that idea because like, well, how dare their consequences affect me? I'm sorry, but we as human beings are cursed under sin. We as human beings, and every day at some point, we tend to make a choice against God. Oh, yeah. The grace of God is to mitigate the destruction that does to the degree Bingo. does. I was thinking about this in the car the other day. It's, it's kind of a good example of it. If I'm driving down the road and my tire goes flat, so I pull over and I'm kind of, come on, God. I'm 20 minutes late. I'm late to work, so I'm upset. Then I find out that if I hadn't have had that, lo- that flat tire, I would have gotten hit by the drunk driver. Right, slammed through that intersection that I passed 20 minutes later than I would have if my tire didn't go flat. We never think about what were the things that God actually saved us from that we had no clue about, right? That's right. And we we tend to decide because it didn't happen that it didn't happen, you know? But then we see the things that happen. We go, well, God, how could you allow this? How could you allow it to happen? How much has God stopped? That's Dude, you nailed it. I think, too, let's, let's... Dude, you can go on those points for hours, what you just said, right? Think about this. He could stop it. He probably he could. He's God. He can do anything he wants, right? If he did, would you serve him anyway? No. Here, if he didn't, isn't he worthy to be served anyway? Because he created us. And what if, dude, you can't tell me these people that are shooting up these places first didn't have the thought to stop. Exactly. And there's people in those places, let's be honest here, dude, had some of those people been armed, it would have stopped, but you wouldn't have praised God for it. And, yeah, yeah. And we will never know how many times God tried to stop it or put people in positions to where they could stop it, but they didn't act. Yeah. We, we tend to think that if we don't follow what God tells us to do, that there will be no consequence of it. Bingo. But the truth remains, Ezekiel, God tells him, if you don't go and tell these people, the blood is on your hands. When they're in judgment before me, their blood is on your hands. Bingo. That's consequence of not doing what I told you to do. Right. And too often we push that away and go, oh, well, God will take care of it. I know I've done it. I screwed that up. God will God will take care of it. Man, we got to have a more realistic view of that. And we got to understand if we don't do what God has asked us to do, real consequences could happen. They could. Now, there's there's something I want to hit with you because people people will ask about, well, what about suffering that sin didn't cause or, or direct man's sin. So let's say the effects of cancer or disease, natural disaster, that kind of thing. People will say, well, that's suffering, and my sin didn't cause the tornado to hit the town and kill a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? You know, so think about if we're in a fallen world, 
what we did in the Garden of Eden, and Pastor Todd, when he was on the podcast, he did a great job of explaining this. What we, what we've talked about in the Garden of Eden, what was done when Adam and Eve bit of the fruit, was said, "God, you're not in charge. You already told me what to do. I'm not going to follow that. I'm going to follow something else. Somebody else has told me." What we really did was say. I'm not going to obey you and have dominion over what you've given me. I'm giving it over to somebody else. Bingo. Which then opens the door to chaos and destruction and sin exactly. because we handed it to somebody who is not holy. When we hand it to somebody unholy, what do you expect to happen That's with the exactly result? exactly it, dude. So now the earth is in sin. The earth is under the curse of sin because we handed it over to somebody who wasn't holy. That's right. We were perfect. We were fine. We were in we were in relationship with right God. Right standing with the Lord. Right standing righteous. with the Lord. Why? Because we were righteous. We could walk with the Lord in the cool of the day. We went, mm, not you. I'm picking the unholy one. And it even says Eve was deceived. It does not say Adam was deceived, which says Adam was the one who knew what was going on and said, eh, I'm going with her. That's right. Right. So when we look at who we handed it over to, the earth is now under the dominion of something unholy. We've, right. we've allowed the curse of sin. Yeah. And then we blame God for it. So I, I think one of the, the, the toughest because everything you said is right. One of the toughest things, I think one of the simplest arguments you make for this, you don't cry out to him, right? At any point in your life, but when suffering happens in your family, you blame him. Yeah. When you never cried out to him in the first place, you never acknowledged him in all your ways. You never sought the goodness of the Lord, right? Where all things work together for good. Now, in that scripture, in that context, we'll put that crap on plaques. We'll put that scripture on plaques. Yeah. We'll put it on stinking cups, Right, to drink out of and just it's a promise from the Lord. No, dude, it's talking about when he was in jail. All things work together. I believe it was he was in jail. All things work together for good to those that love God. He was suffering yeah. persecution for that when he wrote that. Had nothing to do with, oh man, I'm just hurt or I'm in trouble. Or, I broke up with a boyfriend. I'm not trying to demean those things. But we've so perverted scripture. The bottom line is, is that had something to do with real suffering. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. We blame God when we don't acknowledge him. Yeah. I can't blame. Listen, dude, if I never get, I'm going to use the car analogy again. <laughs> Am I going to blame Toyota if I never get my car serviced and I don't change the oil? I was going to say, if you drive it without ever changing the oil, Come on. I don't acknowledge what the, what the owner's manual says to change it every 3,000, 5,000 miles or whatever it is. And then I blame Toyota and I sue them. Because the car's faulty. Why did you allow this, Toyota? Um, wrote a manual. It's called the Bible. And I told you what should be done. You didn't want it. Yeah. Therefore, your choices ended up this way. And you know what? Casualties happen because of sin. Things happen. That's a very, very extreme statement, but it's the truth. It's true. It happens, man. I can't blame God if... Not that I want this, but if I die in a car wreck, it's not God's fault. That's just sin. It's the nature of death. Like it's the it's world we live in. Death. The Bible talks about the curse of death. What is going to be the final victory 
The final victory is over death. That's right. Because death is not something that God intended. Exactly. Right? So we <laughs> we look at the consequence of what happened and we go, God, how dare you? God's going, I'm sorry, you guys chose the rule of the game. I, I gave you what the rules of the game should be. You said, no, I'm going with his rule book. Guess what? His rule book includes destruction, death, mayhem, violence, natural disasters, disease, pestilence, famine, right? And people go, well, God allowed that in the Old Testament. He allowed it. He allowed it. Heck, there were times where God said, look, this is going to be the curse on you. And people go, oh, see, he, he dropped a curse on them. No, what he's saying is your actions and behaviors your will disobedience. result. Your disobedience will result in this consequence. But I'm, I'm just laying it out for but you. Look at the opposite. Let's give a little hope. Please do. Your disobedience, your all these things. Deuteronomy 28. We used to hear this all the time. Leviticus 26, all these things. Curses and blessings. Yep. The curses are if you disobey, all these curses shall come upon you. But if you hearken to the commandments of God, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall be your coming, going, your storehouse. All these things, you know, your, your, your land wouldn't wither. All these things, if you obeyed God, you wouldn't have a lot of the suffering that people experience. Yeah. You wouldn't have that. And you would have the right mindset when suffering does happen. You would have Thank a godly, you. loving mindset saying, Thank you. hey, it's, it happened. Where can I, instead of asking God, why, why, why? Why not what, what, what? Why am I, so, like, what, what, what is the purpose of me suffering this? What's Ooh. the purpose of this? Ooh, is it something just hit me. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm. Go the, ahead. The guy who's on the road gets beat up and robbed. Mm. Let's just, let's stop there. Yep. You're walking along. Life's good, enjoyable. Somebody jumps out of nowhere, beats you up, beats you bad, takes all your stuff, goes off running. We would go, that's suffering right there. But that's also an opportunity for the Good Samaritan to make a choice. Am I going to follow what God has called me to do, or am I going to look the other way? Now, sometimes we tend to be like, well, I don't want to be a vessel for somebody else's choice. We're all vessels for other Someone's people's choice. choice, right? And the Good Samaritan made the right choice mm. and brought comfort, brought healing to somebody who had gone through suffering. So he ends up proving himself who he is to God. Because without the consequences, mm. we can't prove ourselves one way or another. Truth. And I, I've described that to people. Of, Look, if you have no consequence, God, God can't show you who you really are. And as Christians, that actually brings hope for us. I'm shown who I really am to give me truth so that I can see where's Christ. What's the standard? Back to the standard. If my consequences are bad and the things happening are bad, hmm, something's wrong. Something's, something's wrong. Off. And guess what? Why did God use pestilence, famine, disease, war? To turn people back to him. Because if everything is great and you're billionaire hanging under the palm tree, why do you need God? Why do you call out? Why do you start to question and wonder what's going on in my life? Why is this? Why, why is my life this way? The people that I am fear for the most are the ones who are extremely comfortable. It's the ones who are suffering who take the time to go, okay, God, what's going on? Truth. You know, truth. I think 
the questions really come down to pride and selfishness. Every yeah. single question comes down to pride. Why does God allow suffering? Because of our pride. And he's not even allowing it. We just do it. Yeah. We suffer ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves, man. Like, we really, really, really do. Like, yeah. and, and both sides of the argument can be said, whether liberal, conservative, whatever. It's all selfishness in the end. We all want our own way. We, all of our thoughts are not on the Lord. We, we hate, in a lot of ways, his ways, his laws. Yeah. Don't acknowledge him in every path, right? And then we wonder why things happen. But then, like, the transgenderism, the homosexual issue, all these things, the questions, we, the, last, you know, the, the last couple questions, all selfishness. That has everything to do. And God is telling you to deny selfishness. That's Christ. Mm. Christ is telling you, take up your cross, deny yourself. That's, we have all these questions because we want it. We want what God doesn't want. Yeah. That's it. That's what these questions are boiling down to. It's selfishness, really. And we as Christians convince ourselves of certain things. Yeah. That, you know, the whole, uh, well, don't A little that. selfishness is okay. Yeah. And yeah. then it continues to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. Dude, I've been struggling with that same thought process for a long time now, for the last year. Yeah. Like, why is it that we always are like, oh, God's okay with that, but not okay with this? Is he, though? Is he, though? Yeah, we convince ourselves. Is of, he? Yeah. Like, what if it's not okay? And you've convinced yourself that it's okay, but it's really not. That should that should make us... Right. So it's like, who's right in all this? What is God tell? What is the Spirit of God revealing to you? Yeah. I'm not saying we have to live in a hole and die, because I don't, man. I have fun with my kids. I mean, yeah. we just, like I said, we just went to Heinz Field. I love football. I... Take, we have season passes to Universal because I love Marvel. Hello, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I it's yeah. it's the, you have fun. You do all these things. It's not, I just don't walk as the world does. When yeah. I enjoy these things, I enjoy it through a different lens. I enjoy it through God's lens, and I take it in, and I'm having fun. I'm literally living vicariously through my kids. Yeah. I don't really have fun so much anymore at these parks. I just watch them have fun, really. Yeah. And then, you know, once I lose a little more weight, I can enjoy the rides again. Hello. Hallelujah. Right? But it comes down to selfishness. That's it. And the, and the, the last question, what is the last question for the next podcast? That heard, one. Uh, yeah. That well, question. Well, we had decided abortion. That's oh, that's right. Abortion. Yep. Abortion. Yes. And, and, and it's, is abortion really, really bad? Can, can Christians be pro-choice? And, and we really want to answer that question. Um, the, you know, the, the, it was funny because when we did this one here, I was like, where's the Lord going to take this one? Yeah. And it's funny because you and I had been, we've been super busy this week. We haven't had a lot of chances to sit down, but God really brought it together. I believe yeah, absolutely. it was really, really good back yeah, and forth, absolutely. good arguments and good scripture. Again, guys, if you want more information, please go on the self truth.com yep. and get more information. Yeah. Um, guys, we've got our YouTube look, hang out on the YouTube. Let us know. Give us comments. Sure. Let us Communicate with us. We love it. We love it. Whether you're for or against, man, we love hearing people yeah. talk. We actually don't yeah. mind. And there's yeah. some, like the Ilian Omar, there's some quotes I didn't even see. I don't know how to work YouTube well, Yeah. but there's some comments I want to approve. That they're like, they're for her and, yeah. you, know, hey. the, the, you know, they're against Trump. Hey, man, come on, man. That's yeah. great. Like, you, I, don't, I don't agree a thing with what you're saying. I think she's totally anti-American in a lot of ways yeah. with how she thinks, anti-constitutional, but... Hey, you're welcome to have we'll that opinion. It. Yeah. So Just remember, like we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Please give us some love. We'll give you some love back. Um, we really guys, will. Thank you so much. We really do love all of you. You know, and, and we have people who, who say, look, I may not agree with you, 
I'm still listening, bro. And yeah. that's huge to us, man. That's huge to us. It's that I find more honor in that than the people yeah, who are like I agree the, with everything you said. What was the story it's that you'd said from so your friend? So I we've got some friends back home, and she had told me how she listens, and this is a shout out to her. You know, hey, she listens. She's like, I don't agree with everything you guys say, but. You give perspective. We give you, perspective. You give the other side. And you, we're not attacking know? people. And, and that's the thing is, like, we've been told several times, like, I don't feel attacked. And I even asked her that specifically. I was like, do you feel like we're attacking or do you feel like we're just working with? And no, no, I don't I don't feel attacked. Good. You know, and, and that's where we want to be. We want to be right in that zone of we're not attacking. and We're, we're confronting. We're confronting. And, and we're trying to put forth truth. But at the same time, man, your point of view deserves deserves respect because you got to it for That's, a reason. Dude, you're not stupid. You, know? you got yeah. to that point there. You were illuminated by something to get to that viewpoint. What we're simply stating is if Scripture is very clear, 66 books, you can't really take much out of context, though people do, but you yeah. can't really do that. Now, it's harder to understand current law, you know, because we'll pass laws for everything. Yeah. But this doesn't really change. You know what I mean? And And people do take it out of context. They do. But... If it's for the glory of God, and I just want to see the world better, not me get richer, not me get, yeah. you know, all these things, which we did a podcast on that, right? <laughs> but I'm not, like, if you guys understood, we're not out to make money on this stuff. That's not the mission here. It's really just yeah. to save souls and to give you a different perspective, bringing reason in unreasonable times. That's yeah. that's the point. There's a reasoned argument for everything, right? I do use scripture. I'm not like everybody else where they're like, I'm not going to use scripture. I will use scripture. That's my authority, okay? I have to do that because I want to give you answers from here that make you understand that. Dude, and, and it's funny because every scripture we use actually answers the issues of today. Yeah. And we want to show why we believe scripture is true. Yeah, man. Not not just, well, it's the word of God, therefore. Yeah, we're not thumping you over the head, yeah, dude. It's, this is why we see this as truth. By the way, yeah. we can be friends too. Absolutely. You may not agree with me. Right. We can be friends. It's all good. Yeah. We I don't got, hate you. We got friends on both sides. Both sides. Dude, both for extremes. Real. For know? real. We, you know, and, and, and I respect them. I love them. A lot of my friends, they do the same, you know, because when you show it, they give it. So, yeah. guys, we really, like you said, want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And my wife has a friend who's liberal, right? Yeah. She said that she listens too. And, and, she doesn't agree with everything, but she, she goes, you just bring a different perspective. Praise God. That's Amen. the point. It's making you think. I mean, would they turn on another show? Probably not. Remember that lady? We did a thing on abortion, and the, the lady's like, I'm not a Christian. I don't agree with some of these points, but what they're saying makes sense. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. It's like it's it's making sense to you. It's a reasoned argument. It's not something that we're bashing over your head. We just want you guys to understand that there is a different argument. Why did the founders believe this? Why does yeah. Scripture say this? Because it makes sense. He put, And by the bottom line is this thing called the Bible cannot be understood without the Spirit of God. Amen. It makes no sense. The Bible says that. And if we can show a shimmer of that light to people who, who have not seen it before, yep. and we can show a shimmer of light of this is what the Bible was talking about. This is why we put so much faith into it. Dang it, we, we're doing something. We did the job. We did the job. So with that, guys, thank you so much for everything. We love you guys, and we will see you next time. Deuces.